You're listening to Car Seat Questions, a podcast for parents of curious kids. I'm Lauren. And I'm Eddie. And if you're anything like us, you either have a kid or you care for a kid with questions. Questions about all sorts of things. So for the next half hour, hop into the passenger seat, buckle your belt, and become childlike with us as the Lord takes us where he wants us to go. Enjoy the show. great how are you guys doing great thanks for joining us today um if you want to start off just by telling our listeners a little bit about who you are what you enjoy maybe something like a fun fact so let's get to know you sure um i recently moved to the atlanta area with my family we are originally from the central illinois area so this is a big change for us <laughs> we're used to the cornfields and the small towns so seeing the big buildings and the mountains and rivers and lakes and all that yeah. it's really fun um my husband and i have been married for eight and a half years we have a seven-year-old and an almost six-year-old we were high school sweethearts um we like to do things outdoors, um, hobbies, board games, yes, biking, hiking, all those things. Eddie's a big board game guy. I am. <laughs> I do enjoy board games very much. Yeah. Yes. What's your favorite board game? Oh, um, oh, that's wow. That's a really good question. Um, so I don't know if you do any modern board gaming. Um, there's a game that I really like. It's called Seven Wonders. I love that uh, game. Okay, great. So All right, I'm I glad you know. Played it on but... Saturday. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we haven't played in a long time. We should probably play. Yeah, it has been a long time. Uh, but when we first got the game, we taught some of our friends how to play, and I think we met up like once a week. <laughs> yeah, for, for a, long time. a long time, and we would play that game for hours. <laughs> yes, so good. Um, yeah, such a good time. And yeah. sometimes my friend reminds me that we did that and so he'll send me a text like, hey we played this game this week it was so cool so Aww. yeah that's probably my favorite game and lauren is not a huge board game person no, but that was like the one game she would play with me so <laughs> i taught you how to play you she taught me right. how to play that's right wow that's right. you better tell him she's probably the reason for my uh board game oh um, great not not, a, not addiction <laughs> hobby we're gonna call games. it a, we're gonna call it a hobby that's what yes, it is it is a hobby that's nice <laughs> we're about to move from illinois to ohio so Oh, okay. Can somewhat understand, empathize with your big life change. Yeah. We're yes. moving. Yeah. I mean, it's the same, like, you know, Midwest, but it's just, it's different. Yeah. We're coming from at least big city, Chicago, yeah. to more of a smaller town in mm. Ohio. So, yeah. Definitely understand that. Yeah. Well, we have you here today because you wrote a children's book. I did. All about Moses and the burning bush. Can you kind of share with us and with your listeners, with our listeners, why you chose the title, A Thick Whisper of Grace, and why the story as well? Sure. Um, I'll answer the second question first. Yeah. I chose the story of Moses just because, honestly, he's my favorite Bible character. <laughs> yeah. And um, his story has always been one that I related to. I think as a child, I enjoyed his story because it was action-packed and there was yeah. prince of egypt came out when i was a kid and yes. that was such a monumental movie and great soundtrack um, <laughs> yeah. such a good soundtrack <laughs> it holds up i showed it to my kids a couple weeks ago and they yeah. were like mom this is a good movie it's old but it's good oh that's like, so good to know <laughs> now we get to pull it out again so 
Um, anyways, so honestly, that's why I chose the story of Moses. Um, I relate a lot to him as a person. He was very worried about what other people thought about him. Mm. Very, um, very quick to disqualify himself from being mm. used by God. Mm. Very shame oriented kind of person. Um, didn't like to be in the limelight, like to kind of be behind the scenes, even though God yeah. was perpetually pulling him out of that. Yeah. Um, so that's why I chose the story of Moses in the burning bush. Um, and then I chose the title because it was, it's probably my favorite line from the book. Um, it's when the burning bush is talking to Moses and right before he starts speaking truth into all the lies that he's believing about mm -hmm. himself, it says that Yahweh leaned in and breathed a thick whisper of grace. So I just wanted it to feel like, like pull you into the page, pull you into the moment and imagine what it would be like to be talking to Yahweh mm -hmm. and to hear for the first time who you really are when mm -hmm. you've been believing a lot of things that aren't true about who you are. Yeah. What made you want to make this a children's book? I wanted to write a children's book, honestly, because I was just tired of reading books to my kids that made um, the Bible characters look like superheroes, mm. um, people that were unrelatable, people who you're supposed to clean up your act and then start acting like David. You're supposed to clean up your act and uh -huh. then start acting like Moses. And the reason why God used them was because they were amazing and they were so brave and so strong and so charismatic. And yeah. one of my favorite like themes throughout the Bible is that those people in the Bible were used specifically because they couldn't do things on their own. Mm -hmm. yep. And they're very open and honest with the ways that they fall short. They didn't leave things out. He, mm -hmm. If Moses wanted to make it look like he was a superhero, Exodus <laughs> would not look like Exodus. Yeah. Right. So yeah. that's kind of why I started dabbling in it. I started just kind of like doodling things and putting some things together. And then my husband was like you should just like write a book for the girls like just do it for them and if it's something then it's something if it's not it's not and so I did wow that's awesome what do you feel like in maybe in your research of the story or your re-reading of the story before you wrote this is like the underlying theme that you want kids and their parents to take from this book or in this, in this story of Moses yeah I think the biggest thing I'd like them to takeaway would be God's grace and weakness. Um, the fact mm. that he uses people who are broken and who couldn't do things on their own mm. to um, make sure that he gets the glory for what he does. And um, it's historical fiction. So I didn't take everything word for word and yeah. mm -hmm. put exactly how it's listed out in Exodus. I kind of put my own little flair on it to try to communicate two kids that they don't have to get good first mm. jesus makes them good yeah and it's god's love that changes us you don't have to change in order to get the love mm. yeah i think i i was looking through the book um yesterday and today and something that was really interesting to me was just how you started the book you know, with, because again, I think a lot of people oftentimes forget, right, what Moses did before he fled mm -hmm. Egypt. And that's like kind of how you started mm -hmm. the book. And even though you don't explicitly say like what he did, I think oftentimes like we forget 
that like he ran away because of what happened, you know, and, uh, and of course that like tails into, um, the meat of the story, but I thought that was really cool and interesting that the story starts off that way, because I, I think we oftentimes forget that Moses probably felt a lot of guilt and shame. Right. And that also kind of explains a lot of his posture, right. When he's, when he confronts the burning bush. When you are maybe reading this to your girls or to other kids, or you've heard other parents reading to this to, to their kids, what are, what are the kids picking up about shame and in the story of Moses about his shame and maybe what have you seen in, in their lives about how they're portraying shame or how they're feeling about it? Sure. So my two girls are the most opposite human beings that could ever <laughs> come from the same gene pool. Like even visually, people ask if they're adopted, like because they just look nothing alike, they act nothing alike. What's interesting about their personalities, though, is like they both struggle with shame. I think it's just like an inherent part of yeah. the brokenness of the world being a fallen place. But they um, they definitely present it in different ways. My oldest, she just takes all the shame. She shoves it deep down mm-hmm. and acts like she has it all together, similar to the way that I did. And my second one is very vocal with her shame. <laughs> And she's like, I'm the worst person in the whole world. Mm-hmm. God's never going to love me. I'm terrible. I'm horrible. I made a mistake and now I'm bad. Mm-hmm. And it's really interesting to try to parent both kinds of yeah. people, mm-hmm. um, especially when you overly relate to one. And so you're trying to focus really, really hard on making sure they don't end up like no. you. Yeah, that they don't do the same things. Yeah, exactly. And then the other one, you're just like, I can't. Re- why would you say these things? Why mm-hmm. would you say these things about yourself if if some other kid was saying these things about you, I'd be like, you're not allowed to be friends with them anymore. Yeah. You have to mm-hmm. be careful about the words that you tell yourself because yeah. that's the voice that you hear perpetually. So um, I think something that they've learned in the story, um, specifically at Thick Whisper of Grace, is just a general theme of my parenting that I've tried to mm. incorporate is you don't have to... Um, you don't have to be good enough for God. God was good enough for you. Um, and I wanted to make sure that it wasn't communicating like antinomian theology mm. where like, then they're like, Oh great. So now I can do whatever I want to yeah. do. So that was one of my, um, reasons for putting the discussion questions in at the end, yeah. just so that you can kind of like process and talk through God's unconditional love being such a huge blessing and so such a wonderful gift all at the mm-hmm. same time, like saying like, this is how it should change your life. Yeah. I, we, we know a kid who would do the same of like run away and feel outwardly so much shame. And it's like, no one, you know, is saying that about you, but like how you're feeling, like no one has ever said those things about, about them, but it's like how you, like you said, how you talk about yourself is like how you start to view yourself and in your inner voice for the rest of your life. Yeah. Um, our son is only three. And so he's not quite dealing with like a full feelings of shame yet, but it's like starting. Um, he's very empathetic to feelings in the room of like what other people are feeling. Mm-hmm. And so he's really in a phase of asking what we're feeling like every five minutes. Um, <laughs> so I'm like, mom, are you sad? Mama, are you angry? Mom, are you happy? Until he gets to the right one. 
And Dolly like is like, oh yeah, she said yes. And it was just yesterday. Was that yesterday? Two days ago. Mm-hmm. We just had a little bit of a rough morning, you know, a toddler morning. And I was putting him down for his nap. And so he said, mama, are you sad? And I said, no, I'm not sad. And he said, mom, are you frustrated? And I said, yeah, I'm kind of frustrated. It's just been like a hard morning. He said, are you a little bit angry too? And I said, <laughs> yeah, I am a little bit angry because it's just, we're having a hard time communicating this morning. He goes, oh, I'm sorry, mama. <laughs> because he's just starting to realize like, oh, the things that I was doing today were not making someone else happy. So it's not quite shame, but it's like inching there of feeling like, oh, I did something I shouldn't have done. Yeah. And it made someone else feel bad or it affected somebody else in my life. And it's not just about me. So it's going to be interesting to like walk through shame with him. And I'm looking forward to being able to talk with him about that. Yeah, I think he's he's becoming aware that like the things that he does affects people. Mm-hmm. Um, but he doesn't want and this is probably, again, kind of like probably where the shame comes out. He, he doesn't want people to feel bad right or to feel sad or mad at (laughs) things that he's done so like yeah he's he's starting to put like two and two together like Mm -hmm. oh like now my actions make people feel a certain type of way and he doesn't (laughs) he doesn't like it when it's you know sad or angry or frustration but yeah again we want to be able to identify these things right so that he does begin to understand that hey like things you do um they have you know repercussions whether whether good or bad yeah what are some things that you want other kids through this book, or even just if you were to able to teach children about shame and grace, what are some truths that you would want them to know about grace and about God's grace for them? I would say that I think it's important for kids to learn young the Mm. truth about who God is and who they are because of who God is. Mm. Um, a lot of people our age are now going to therapy and doing yeah. a lot of work yeah. trying to deconstruct the lies that mm-hmm. were constructed at age seven. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think awareness of the fact that they're in this phase of literally building the wor- their worldview, whatever you do or don't do right now has the potential to impact you, impact your child's worldview for the rest of their life, mm-hmm. I guess. Mm-hmm. Not to put a ton of pressure. I mean, yeah. there's already a ton of pressure in parenting, <laughs> but like it you just it's worth it's worth prioritizing, yeah. I think. Um so how I think that applies is that if you start early, you can teach kids that they don't need to disqualify themselves from being mm. used by God just because um, just because they see their own brokenness. Mm. And I think it's a great opportunity for us as parents to kind of compare and contrast ourselves with God. Um, mm. I think humility and parenting is so underrated. We feel like if our kids see us as human beings and they won't obey us, um, they won't listen to us. And that really doesn't do your kid any good because Mm -hmm. naturally kids project the characteristics of usually their most assertive or most involved parent onto God. Mm -hmm. And so if you come off as someone who um, struggles with being humble and 
all the other sinful things that we exhibit just as parents, then yeah. I think it just does our kids a disservice. But if we take the opportunity to differentiate ourselves from God and say, here are all the ways mommy messed up this week, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but you know who doesn't mess up? God. You know yeah. who you can fully depend on? God. He is mm-hmm. so good. He is so amazing. And it'll kind of like help them differentiate the two so that they can have a healthy spiritual relationship with God when they're young adults um, while they're trying to process their childhood for the first time. Right. And yeah. seeing kind of ha- having that raised awareness of, wow, my parents were just people. They were just mm-hmm. people large children raising children (laughs) right yeah adults adults are so i think i think that's what i would like kids to learn i think something important for parents to consider Mm -hmm. we had a conversation recently like that of um you know we worry about kids inheriting maybe like an illness or a disease or something that we have but also they can inherit like our sin patterns Mm -hmm. And whether that's just because that's like our makeup of who we are, but also that's what they see. That's like they see that every day, even if you're not meaning to show that we're showing that as parents. And on one hand, like you said, being willing to be like, yeah, I messed up and this is my sin issue and I need to work on it. But I also don't want you to have that, too. And I think for me, I struggle a lot with um, like law versus grace and being too hard on myself and being too much of a rule follower and also holding other people to those standards mm. and not tapping so much into the grace portion. And it's like, when I think about it in terms of my children, like, I don't want my children to feel that. I want my children to know that there is abounding grace and love for them, no matter the mistakes they make, no matter if they follow all the rules or not. And so I need to start weeding that out in myself first of mm. being more of a follow the rules, follow the law, you must do all these things, there's no grace type of person, and being more grace-filled and accepting the grace that God has given me too, and not holding myself to thinking that I can, you know, do everything and get it all done just by my own actions and words. Yeah, and I also don't want our kids to think that we're perfect, right, just because we're parents, right, and there's kind of like this weird thing of like, oh, well, you know, your kids need to know that, you know, you, uh, they can't see that you've like messed up or they can't see that you also struggle with stuff. But then it's like, what are we, what is our representation then mm-hmm. to them? Right. If they just think, oh, well, my mom and dad don't ever do anything yeah, wrong. Don't make mistakes, it's like, yeah. well, no, that's mm-hmm. actually quite the opposite. Yeah. yeah. You know, and uh, again, the, the, the fear is, is understandable. That's something that I struggle with too. It's just like, man, like I, I don't want to uh, inherit, you know, like, generational sin or mm-hmm. things that like my parents um did or like went through and sometimes because again because of our makeup it's almost inevitable mm-hmm. that doesn't mean that it can't change right or we can't we can't uh work at it to yeah. fix it with our family um but yeah i think that was a re- that was a really good conversation i think we had because there's always the there's always two sides of it mm-hmm. right there's the fear which again is is totally valid but then it's like again we don't want our kids to think that we don't ever struggle with anything Mm -hmm. ever yeah and speaking of grace in that one of my most impactful realizations as a parent has been that god specifically wanted you to be your child's parent Mm -hmm. 
and both of you, yeah. your sim patterns, his sim patterns, they work together to create the human being that God wants your child to be. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't waste pain and he doesn't waste sin and he uses it all for his glory. And yeah. I just, it feels like it like lifts that weight yeah. of like, okay, yes, it, I should prioritize it. I should help them build a healthy foundation, mm -hmm. all of these things, but I'm not going to do it perfectly. And yeah. at the end of the day, the more room, the more sin there is, a lot of times the more opportunities there are for God to come in and redeem. Yep, absolutely. And that we're not... It's, he wasn't surprised <laughs> he knew like yeah. who we were he he knows who we are as parents and who we are as individuals and he still gave us these children to raise and entrusted us with them even with our sinful patterns mm -hmm. you put some discussion questions at the end of the book um what kind of questions did you put in there and what are you hoping parents and kids learn or are able to or maybe what conversations come from these discussion questions yeah so my reasoning was kind of twofold. One, I wanted to offer up some age-appropriate theology mm -hmm. for kids um, just so that they can explain in ways that are simple, that make sense to them, that can help them build that foundation, can pop up in their heads throughout their day as they're dealing with things, um, just to kind of know the truth about who God is. Um, and then also I added in some more emotionally focused questions, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, just say, Moses felt this way. Have you ever felt that way before? Mm -hmm. And kind of just like getting the ball rolling for parents to be able to have those emotionally vulnerable conversations with their kids. Yeah, um, I think that because we as parents, we, we take our background and we say, well, my parents did this this way and this that way and i want to either i want to find out my way and um we don't pick out we don't make a plan for it but we would like to do it mm -hmm. and basically my thought with the discussion questions was that i wanted to give parents a tool that they can use to just read through and get the ball rolling mm -hmm. um because at times it does feel awkward, especially if you just go to church on Sunday and you don't really talk about God at home. Mm -hmm. That feels really weird. It feels strange to start yeah. talking to your kids about that stuff. And um, there's grace for that. And mm -hmm. so having questions and having a, a having tools like these discussion questions, I think could be really beneficial for families. Where can people find your book if they would like to get it for themselves or a grandparent wants to get it for grandchildren or to have it at their house? Where can people find that? Yeah, it's on Amazon. Okay. Um, and then it's also on Barnes and Noble and a couple of other online websites. So Awesome. Again, for the listener, that is A Thick Whisper of Grace by Miriam Arnold. Thank you, Miriam, for being with us and for taking time to talk with us. I'm excited to be able to share this book with our son. We haven't yet, um, but I'm excited to be able to read it to him, add more books to our same ones that we read all the time <laughs> our growing so, library yes <laughs> yeah so thanks so much for being with us it was a pleasure to talk with you for our listener we would love for you to rate review and subscribe on wherever you get your podcast episodes drop every wednesday so be sure to check back into your feed so that you can never miss an episode thanks so much and with Miriam, with every uh every one of our episodes we'd like to close with a benediction so if you would please join us in that to him who is able to do far more than we can understand, 
May he give us the wisdom to raise our children to first love God above all else and love others as themselves. Go in peace. Thank you.